is all these little like phrases people said that's like really basic but like it's like triggering of like crazy shit that happened when i was a kid yeah like uh i remember we had uh in school detention during like lunch and we couldn't get the lunch that we wanted we had to get salad that's <laughs> fucked up why would they do that to kids this is the public school system in the late 90s in a mostly black area this is how they treated us and you wonder why we are the way we are <laughs> yeah like salads forced on you at age nine it's like it's really funny to me because like they bullied us and then they expected us to be like in submission it's really funny how people think like kids' minds work. Like, yeah. If you're just mean enough to the kid, he'll act nice. Like, that's not how anyone works. Anyway, the kid, one of the kids, Dylan, like threw a fit. I was like, I don't want a salad. That's how he God. said it. And now, anytime, I, anytime salad's brought up, I want a salad. I was a tough kid, and I was just like, I'm just not gonna fucking eat. I'm bro- I'm poor as fuck. You guys think this is the first time I'm not eating? Try me. <laughs> try, try me. I, it's funny that you'd rather not eat instead of having a salad. Because I didn't want a salad. I was a kid. Like you don't want to eat shit that's nice. You know, I don't like vegetables. That's fair. As a kid. Like, yeah. I keep on. forgetting you said kid, so I'm imagining you in high school at like no, 15, I was like six or seven. Okay. The way I'm describing it is how you would maybe treat kids who are like more developed. But we were yeah. like, but this is I tell you again. Inner city kids, inner city schools, all those schools got shut down. <laughs> yeah. Because funding, no funding. I got this one friend who has kind of a saying, like you were saying, that sticks in your head. Yeah. He, uh, we didn't witness it, but he told us the story of it. And the, he was really good at telling the story. Like he did the voices and everything. So it just stuck with me just because did the of voices. that. No, no, I mean like that's why it stuck with me because he did the voices. Oh, okay. So it's like it wasn't just yeah. I went down to the store and saw Bob. So he he's telling the story of him being forced to run a lot in PE, oh and they had to do I think it was a mile that day, and he comes back and he's having trouble breathing. He doesn't have asthma or anything, but he just like gasps out, "I can't freaking breathe." <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That's so now, a good one. <laughs> now whenever someone says they can't breathe, like I do that voice. And then my buddy Matt, we do that voice all the time. Like we're just having a random conversation and we'll just say, I can't freaking breathe. And you know what? I can't think of a good segue to start talking about this album. And on that note, you're Colin. Yeah, you're Gabe. Gabe. And yeah. we say, hey, hello. Hey. Uh, what other ways to say Hello. Hola. Hola. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa, bitches. Buenos dias, amigos and amigas. Yeah. Shout outs to the amigas and the amigos. Shout outs to the amigos. Eh, no. No? Not yet. They, I don't I don't uh I don't want to jump the gun. Uh today we're doing the doors. But at some point maybe we can do a Migos album. Yeah, maybe I'll finally give them a listen. I've never listened to a full Migos project. I've n I don't think I've heard a song by them. You never heard Bad and Bougie? Probably not. You know, maybe. You probably have. Yeah. You probably heard Bad and Bougie. It was I'm pretty sure, popular. I'm sure it's a TikTok sound also. Yeah. There's uh, there's no songs on this album that are TikTok sounds, but two from off the wall that are TikTok sounds. I was going to talk about those. Not like talk about them, but mention. Yeah, mention. Yeah. 
like I just I just go in depth about TikTok trends and sounds with Michael Jackson. That'll be our next segment. Next time. Yeah. I'm Gabe, aka uh, Brown Lightning, aka Dave's, aka the King of Bathing Apes, aka uh, Big Match uh, Benny. Um, I'm here with my co-host, friend, uh, partner in crime, Colin, aka um, C Money. C Money, White Lightning, yeah. White Chocolate. Yes. I, uh, white paper. White paper. College ruled, baby. College rule. <laughs> College rule is a crazy ass thing. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's the name of the album, and we're doing the Doors. L dot A dot woman. You could just say L.A. woman. Okay, L.A. woman. L.A. dot <laughs> A woman. I got you. Um, I lied the last episode and said that I had never heard a song by The Doors. Oh, yeah. This is technically wrong. Technically, but not technically. Yeah, it's a weird area. Uh, yeah. My only exposure to The Doors uh, musically is the remix of Riders of the Storm with Snoop Doggy Dog or Snoop, Dog. Snoop Dogg as we are known to him as um, on Need for Speed Underground 2, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful, wonderful game, an amazing game. If you've never played Need for Speed Underground 2, I suggest that you do. It's never too late to play a PlayStation 2 classic. Yeah, I didn't play it. I was more of a Midnight Club fan. Oh, you motherfucker. So... So you, uh, you're a dub edition guy. So yeah. you got a uh, lovely day, just got paid, stack yeah. it up, get on my way. I also had uh, Get Low. Oh, yes. Yeah. I honestly, like, playing Tony Hawk and stuff, you would just pick out the songs you like mm-hmm. and just repeat those songs. For me, it was just Get Low all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the perfect, like, driving song. That's when you're hilarious. going through, you got these fucking tricked out cars. <laughs> you put on the cheat code to get Just guns. Just imagining little Colin, little teenage Colin, <laughs> playing Midnight Club Dub Edition to get low. It's yeah. fucking hilarious to me. That is so funny. <laughs> I need to see uh, childhood pictures of you because you guys change. Like, If you want to know what 13-year-old me looks like, Imagine this face, but with no facial hair and mm. a little shorter. That's it. I've not really changed that much. Nice. I've just gotten larger. Pause. <laughs> and um, uh, nothing's really changed. But y'all white people, y'all look like a little bit like the same. But like you guys, like you guys, like really change. Like, yeah. Age, age. That's uh, yeah. That's just genetics. But I'm happy that I got to review this album. Because yeah. I've heard so much about The Doors, good and bad. Um, so it was kind of good to finally um, create my own vision, my own idea of what this band is. Um, there's a lot of interesting facts about this uh, album. And I know I haven't done it in a while, but I'm going to bring back a segment that I um, had started. And then did do for a while. What's that? I'll give you some facts. Oh, you you've done facts. I've done facts. I don't know. I feel like I've listened to every episode, and you've never done facts. I felt like I did facts at one point. No. Well, maybe this is just a that new might, segment I'm starting. Yeah, I think it was a take one segment. It might have. 
<laughs> uh, if you we, guys don't know, our first episode, we had one take, um, and then it didn't go on, and we learned everything that we wanted to actually do with the show through that failed take that you guys will never, ever hear. It's amazing how that happened. Just one take, and we're like, you know, that format sucked. Yeah. Let's only do top five. Yeah. Because we were just going to go track, track by, track, by track, track, review each track, talk about the history. That would have been a that long... That would be such a long, tedious podcast. Yeah. But hey, you know, you live and you learn. You figure some things out. Um, one of the facts is this. Um, this is the swan song for this band. Jim Morrison dies shortly after this um, album comes out. Um, the album was recorded in less than a week, actually, which is insane. Yeah. And they got rid of their... Uh, other producer, the, the their main producer guy, and like that's why this this album has like a feel, and it kind of like bored me at first. At first, because of it, it has this feel of a. Um, it feels like a long set at a bar. Yeah, you know? well, that's one of the reasons why I like this more than their other albums, because this whole album is very blues heavy. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminds me of, uh, did you ever see Blues Brothers? Uh, I've heard of it with the Belushi yeah. and the Ackroyd. Yeah, so there's a scene where they go to this uh, kind of like a cowboy diner, and some of this music seems like what they would play in that diner. This Also, a lot of this, I don't know if it, I should know because I've watched this movie a bazillion times. But a lot of this music sounds like it would be in Dazed and Confused. Uh, not so much this album, but the earlier albums by them. Yeah? Yeah. Probably because this is the first album I've heard of them. It just reminds me. I'm like, this feels like, feels like, like a Floyd would be listening to this. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is that time period of Dazed and Confused. Yeah. So it's like, it's all, like, this is what it reminds me. The, yeah. I have to say... Like I said, some of this stuff on this album bored me to death. And I'm not the only one. That's why their producer left the sessions and was done with them. Because he was like, this is, in quotes, cocktail music. He, <laughs> he was like, I'm done with this shit. I don't want to deal with it. And I feel like there's validity to that. I think there's some of this stuff is kind of like I can easily fall asleep to it like it's just like and I don't think that's and I don't think that's like in a not like in a good way fall asleep oh okay but there's also a sense that everybody was having fun and that everybody was feeling the music more and more you know yeah you know so there's I feel like there's a there's a um whatchamacallit what's the word I'm looking for a weird balance you have to try and find a balance and there's times where like i really appreciate the laid-backness and the ease of it and i think that, that helps them get in a groove sometimes but sometimes i also think it slows the album down on certain songs it slows the album down and in some instances it energizes it you know what i'm saying yeah well i think a lot of that's i don't want to say the fault of jim morrison but like he was doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot during this time that's what i so read. like he would come to the studio like strung out throw fits he was pretty big diva like he uh the thing i really like about the doors and jim morrison is he just wrote poetry and they put background music to it Mm. 
And you hear that a lot in the early shit. Like, uh, there's a song, The End, and that's just like, just all poetry halfway through. Like a spoken word-ish? Yeah. And uh, that's just what they did. That was The Doors. That was The Doors? That is The Doors? We talked about Need for Speed. Yeah, and, and Midnight Club. And Midnight Club. So that was actually uh, one of my questions. You don't, you didn't play Need for Speed. No. Uh, that's that's too bad. I mean, I had fun playing Midnight Club. I, I think you know that's that's okay. There was a cheat that gave you guns and you could shoot the other cars. You know what that cheat was called? What? Save the children. Mmm. Yeah. It's prophetic. Yeah. Quite prophetic. Yeah. I've one only now the only question that I have is uh, I didn't know this is a legendary group. Yeah. What does this group mean to you personally? Like uh, who introduced it to you? Is this like a this anything from the seventies or the eighties is gonna be my parents. They were big Doors fans? They were big music at the time fans. Mm. So like if anything like we're going to talk about Michael Jackson. My mom really liked my, the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson. Really? Yeah. All right. It's good that they had, like, uh, layers of things that they liked, and they just didn't um, force uh, rock on you. Well, I mean, that was, like, the sound of the time. So you know how each thing goes through different layers of pop music? Yeah. In quotes? Rock at that time was the popular sound. Kind of like how hip-hop is now. Yeah. Hip-hop is like pop now. Yeah, so it's like the 90s and early 2000s, it was all that style of like grunge mixed with the coming-of-age pop stars like Britney Spears and everything. I felt like those were competing sounds. Probably not because, I mean, I was a kid. What did I know at the time? Yeah. But like that's what I heard a lot of, like Nirvana styles and boy bands and yeah. pop stars. I would say that too, in like in our time period, like yeah. the late '90s, early 2000s, they were kind of breaking away from that with uh, the invent of new metal mm-hmm. and all those guys. Um, I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. Also, uh, the cover of the album, uh, all four guys, no, and um, apparently that was in protest of uh, Jim Morrison's sex symbol status that he had uh, gotten tired of. Well, I mean, the guy, he didn't do anything to not have that, like, thrust upon him, you know? He he would, like, you gotta watch some documentaries and movies about how he acted. Mm. It wasn't unwarranted. The the sex symbol thing? Yeah. He was, um, isn't the, um, whatchamacallit, the SNL sketch based on them? The The cowbell? Cowbell. Is I don't that them or is that a different I don't think band? so. It might be a different I, band. I, just I mean, know, I. Oh well, the song that they do is "Blue Oyster Colts," "Don't Fear the Reaper." Okay. So I, yeah, okay. So yeah, it is just based off that. I forgot that they were actually Blue Oyster Cult in that sketch. The I'm just saying, like, um, whenever I guess think of Jim Morrison, it's that same like kind of rock star, long flowing hair. Uh, douchey shirt, all open, and the chest hair and shit like that. No chest hair. He didn't have any chest hair. He just he, he, he was just shaved. Had the open shirt. Yeah, the, just showed the you know the chestal area and the nipples every the now nipples. and then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you dress like that, I mean, you're asking for it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and we could say that because he's a dude. 
We're allowed to say that to each other. Yes, we're allowed to. We're allowed to make men feel uncomfortable because that's what men do. You know, we do things, uh, mean things to each other. Yeah. You like. Know? Yeah. Uh, have you seen the video for La Woman? No. I watched it earlier today. It was really good. Is it like a real video? Because I know around this time they weren't really doing video videos. It was. I don't know if it was like a fan made thing, but okay. it looked really like. Maybe it's a fan-made one. We we should watch it in the time. It's it's a it's like a it's like a it looks like a old seventies movie. Yeah. So it might be just an old seventies movie, but it Maybe. really like it really like uh, enhanced the song for me. Like it was really like very very uh, enjoyable music video or fan-made video. Maybe I got punked. Yeah, I gotta. I mean, if it's fan made, it's fan made, and it's, if it's good, it's good. Maybe there's a good fan made video. Yeah. That they made for this song. Yeah. I guess I'll get into the top five. My yeah. top fives. There you go. Our fives. Our fives. Our top five. Top five. Let's go. Let's go to the top five. It was actually kind of difficult to. Actually, it wasn't difficult to come up with a top five. I but it was it was difficult to arrange. The songs. I feel like it was hard for me to come up with a least favorite. No, that wasn't hard for me. Yeah, well, actually, was. I don't. Was, I don't really hate my least favorite, and it's not that I like it le- less than all the other songs. Mm. But I kind of just really like this album, so it's like, I mean, it's. I'm gonna tell you now. It's not like I gave it a ten or anything, mm. but there's nothing that stands out as a bad song to me. And this is the thing. I wouldn't say it. Well, I don't know if I would say. Um, I feel like with this album, it starts off. My issue with this album is that it starts off strong, right? Yeah. And then I think with the third or fourth, not the, it might be like the fourth, third or fourth song. It kind of starts to bore me, and then "L.A. Woman" comes on, and it's long and it's fun and it's like enjoyable, and then. Uh, LA America plays, and that song's super interesting. La America, La America, <laughs> yeah. Um, La Mucca. Um yeah. it, it plays, and that song's super interesting, and it really gets me going. And then, like the other two songs, to me, bore the shit out of me. That's my issue with the album. Every time I was like really getting into it, there would be like a couple songs that just weren't as interesting as the songs that I did enjoy. Which would really, like, I think this is a good record, and even those songs that I say are boring to me, I can see why somebody else would like them. Yeah, well, I've noticed the ones... They just don't work for me. I've noticed the ones you said are boring are the more blues-heavy songs. And I forgot to say this. I was going to give this album a pretty low score, because just based off of the fact that Jim Morrison's bluesy voice and his whole tone bothers me because it sounds like a black guy. And it's I, just his voice. He's not putting on a show. I don't know if that's true. I can't trust it white is. dudes from this time period. You, if you listen they to were all stealing from black. I mean, if you people. listen to other songs of theirs, it's just his voice. Okay, he's <laughs> like, just always been biting them. Okay, Gabe. <laughs> the Rolling like, Stones there, it's stole fair, Muddy Waters. Floor. Yeah, it's fair to say that about some artists, but you can't just assume. Because he's got a deep voice, he's putting on a show. I, I maybe not putting on a show, but I mean, 
Justin, B- look at Justin Bieber. I mean, he's stealing from black people. I love Justin Timberlake. He stole from black people. Eminem, one of the greatest thieves. Fuck him. Thank you. That's what bothers me about a lot of these guys. Yeah. It's like they they obviously went to blues clubs where fucking black singers were doing that sound and he adapted it and he stole from it. He bit it. It's when it, his bite flows. It happens. Is it stealing if you just write a blues song? No, it's stealing when you sound like it. So I think that doesn't I think no I, that doesn't I, make sense because that means he's not allowed to make any blues song. I'm not saying that you, you are. Can you're make, saying you can make, you're stealing it if you sound like it. You can make the blues songs. You can steal from black culture. You can do all those things. I'm just gonna call it out. And it it's, to me it works stealing for some people and it, it it doesn't work for some. To people. me stealing is them going to the club hearing that song. And making that song themselves. No. Not as an artist myself, that's not what it is. It's you can you take somebody's style verbatim. Like it's like have you watched uh Dave? Yeah. Have you watched Atlanta? Yeah. Kind of a ripoff, right? A little bit, yeah. That's that's what we mean. You you make it digestible for the white audience. If a black person was singing these door songs, wouldn't pop. Wouldn't it pop? That's fair, but this and, is just a point we disagree on because I don't think a white dude singing the blues means he's stealing from black people. I think he. If he was doing the same guitar riff, if he was stealing an actual song, he's lyrics by lyrics, the style. He's not stealing songs, but it's music. How is that? How is that stealing a style? A guitar makes a whole bunch of notes. You can't just say, we own those last few notes. No, no, we don't. And you can adapt it. And Emin, like, like, and that's, that's why there's a lot of black people that love Eminem and will say Eminem is the greatest. Eminem is one of the greatest to ever do it. He's one of the best. He had a three-album run that was amazing. And I give that up to him. But he's still a guest. And if a black person was rapping like him, they would just be Tech 9 I was supposed to get into the top five. I'm sorry, but yeah. that's good. Uh, that's a good discussion about the the topic of biting. Yeah, because I know like the stuff with the Rolling Stones, I agree with because that was straight ripping off an actual song and styles of that specific artist. And this is the first Doors album I've ever listened to. Yeah, but it's just I, jarring to me. And maybe he isn't trying to, but his he just sounds like comes off like he's kind of mimicking how Oops. black musicians sounded, you know? And maybe he, and if he is, you know, it's a good formula. And I understand taking from it just bothers me on a, on just on the, you know, systematic racism, you know, level, yeah. you know? I mean, I get that. I just, when it comes to just doing a genre of music, I wouldn't say it's stealing. Let me start off with my honorable mention, Wasp. Okay. Uh, enjoyable little tune. It was really caught my ear when I first listened to it. Um, but it just kind of misses the cut. It's not as strong as the other five songs that I have on here. But it's a it's a fun little song. Shouting out Texas Radio. I don't really know much about Texas Radio, but it seemed like it was really important to uh, Jim Morrison, and he sang well about it. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the song. Uh, number five, uh, America, L.A. America. 
L-A- LAX? Lamerica. Lamerica? He says it La-merica, numerous times in the song. Lamerica. Um, this song sounded like a rock uh, imperial march. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> During our preamble, you told me to put that on. As you were telling your story about the kid doing push-ups and that song in the background, I'm like, did he do this to set the mood? Like, that's how it sounded. But no, I really, really, really like this song because it's a good juxtaposition between um, L.A. Woman, where, like, L.A. Woman is this, like, free-flowing, um, crazy, good-time affair, smoke a joint with your girlfriend, going to the beach kind of feeling. This song is not that. This song is kind of like the flip side of that, you know, a more restrictive, a more... Uh, a more dictated kind of pace in the song and i really like it i like that i like that you know it's a good way to come down from the high of la woman mm-hmm. uh also we forgot we were going we review every titular song yeah i was uh in the last few episodes we did that like right after least favorite did we yeah okay or around I, that. I, I mean, lot. we we can always put it wherever we want. It's our lot. fucking podcast. Um, I I just don't want to get too into that because like, but that's what I'm saying. Ellie America has a good juxtaposition, opposite vibe coming right off of that song. Yeah, and I think it works really, really well in the album, and it really like stood out to me when I was listening to it for the first time. So yeah, yeah I really, really like this song. Uh, number four, uh, love her madly. Now this version, this 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 song is inferior to Cake's "Love You Madly." I love that song, but Cake is the first concert that I actually went to, mm. so it's kind of you know unfair to compare. That is unfair to compare. Yeah, something about ripping off, you know. But I love, but I really enjoy "Love Her Madly." It's a uh, another song. This is one of the this is the prime song in my eyes that I think should have been in Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a song that uh, a bunch of high schoolers uh, probably would play for their girlfriends while they're driving around doing nothing in the 70s. Yeah. I love her, man. It's like a real simple fucking fun song, though, but it would get the bars jumping. The mm-hmm. white girls would get wasted to this song. Uh, my number three, the opener, the changeling. The chill demeanor on this album is uh, kind of... It's kind of a lie. Not really a lie. It's surprising. It's surprising how the album gets more chill because this song starts off like a blaze of glory. Like, exciting. And like, bam! You know what I'm saying? It makes me think that this is how the album was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know? The, 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 mo- the album has ebbs and flows. I've been to so many bars. So many dive bars. Sadly. And it sounds like a dive bar sound? Yeah. This is this is where all these dive bars that I've these bands that I've heard. This is where a lot of them have gotten their sounds. They're just ripping off the doors, <laughs> ripping off the doors. You see what I did there? Ah, there you ripping go. Ripping off the doors. But yeah, a lot of your favorite dive bar bands. If you're in a shitty bar and a shitty band comes on and they start playing some fucking super charged up song to get the crowd excited, they're trying to be like the Doors at the beginning of this album because that's what it felt like. It's getting the crowd excited. It's getting me the listener excited for the album and it does a really good job of it i actually really enjoy the the i've been up now i'm in downtown you know it's that typical song that i've been through it i've been gone through it i've done everything and i'm still here kind of thing like kind of a typical thing going on but yeah. it's a really it's typical now 
put myself in the shoes of somebody in the early 70s when this first came out. If that was in that time period, I would be into it. Because I don't think, I don't, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like there was, you know, I don't know if everybody was kind of doing this sound, this kind of stripped down sound. Not really, no. So, like, it would, I think I would freak out about it. I was like, this is kind of sick. Because nobody else was doing it. You know, mm. now everybody's doing it. Now when I hear I'm like, oh, this sounds like every bar. But, like, but now I realize this is the genesis of that. This is the kind of... Um, no, Genesis is a different band than they... We got to uh, cover Genesis. Yeah, Shout you want to? Shout out to Phil Collins. I will find it. I love Phil Collins, man. All right, I don't. I think his best work is the Tarzan soundtrack, and that's it. Uh, I, I love... I will agree with you, <laughs> because I went to go see Tarzan in theaters with my father. Number My number two... Is Riders on the Storm. That's why I know. Okay. Because Snoop Dogg. Yes. Riders on the Storm. See, that's stealing. <laughs> that's stealing. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm a saying. cover. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that, and now it's a, a cover. cover. Okay. All right. Oh, you give this man a ride, sweet family will die. This is the really the first song that I heard. I didn't hear the real version, but I've heard enough of this version that the hook the chorus resonates with me on a personal level. And that's why I'm going to get this out of the way. I did not give this album a super high score. It's not very low. It's an all right score. I give it. But well, I have to put Riders of the Storm in the corridor of greatness. It has to go. Okay, we can wait for the corridor of greatness. I, I didn't want to wait. I just I wanted to jump the gun a little wait, bit. You know what? I'm going to cut that out. Okay, we'll do it again. We're going to do the regular corridor of greatness when the corridor of greatness comes. <laughs> Sometimes we got to break the rules. Why? Because that's why rules are there. Rules are meant to be broken. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Stop being such a ninny. Why why not do our normal format? Okay, I'm sorry. What what is it about? Maybe I'll keep this in. What is it about this song that makes you want to break the rules to just throw it in the corridor of greatness before your least favorite, before your grade, before your number 1? Because out of everything else we put in the quarter of greatness, what makes this song different? Because number one, I'm high and I haven't smoked in a while, so I jumped the gun. I'm sorry, but I got excited. Two, I love breaking rules. Three, uh, we spent so much fucking time playing Need for Speed Underground 2. That's Me, fair. my brother Yusuf, and my brother Yusuf's best friend, Christopher Jones. You know what's interesting? We've both put a song into the quarter of greatness because of a video game. Video games mean a lot to us. We're millennials. Yeah. We got right right in that period of the boom. We saw the jump to CD. We saw the jump to insane graphics on the PS2, Xbox, GameCube. We saw the Blu-ray to HD shit on the Xbox 360, PS3. Dude, that was a beef. That was like... Blu-ray is not going to pop off. It's going to be HD. And then people are like, HD sucks. It's yes. going to be Blu-ray. Blu-ray won. These things, Matt, we saw, we, we're such an interesting generation. We've seen so much insane shit. We've and we, literally we, seen the, the world move from so many different places. And everyone's seen prototypes. Like, there's been prototypes of stuff. Yeah. But we've seen, like, a lot of prototypes. Like, Google Glass. They only made a handful of those. And... The Zune. Yeah, the Zune. Well, that was a full product. That, that had a product flop. line. <laughs> multiple versions. It wasn't... And then... Shout out to the Zune. Yeah, it's just crazy. Now we're virtual reality starting up. 
Yeah. I've got, I got a VR goggle headset. You know, we think we're special, but if this world continues on in the next, like, 30 years, there's going to be more of these transitions. Yeah, but you know how we talk about, like, how cool people were when the printing press came out and, like, shit like that? Yeah. We're, like, in that time now with technology. This is true. Yeah. Give it up for us. Clap, I mean, clap, clap. There slap, were slap, those slap. dumb motherfuckers with the computer, pre-computer, then the computer. Yeah. That's not the same as, like, what we're at now and what we saw. Like, going from tube TVs to fucking 70-inch flat-screen yeah, TVs. Yeah, that is crazy. This is 2022. Like, 20 years ago, You know how much this, this TV would have cost back then? If we showed this to somebody in 2002, they would be like, yeah. It would be like, dude, I got this on a Black Friday sale. And they'll be like, what? What? If you showed them the graphics on the Xbox that you have. Yeah. Somebody in 2002, they're like, I don't ever want to play Kingdom Hearts again. No. Fucking show them the graphics on my fucking Mac over there. I can show them that I have all of their games on a single fucking file that, on my computer. That would blow their fucking mind. Yeah. And even just thinking about the internet, the way we use the internet in 2011 even to now. Like, yeah. how much more? Like, even 2011, just, like, having a few apps on your phone. Now it's like, how many apps are on our phone? I've seen this meme that it was, like, nostalgia stuff of, like, when the first iPod Touch came out. Ugh. All of it, all of the apps at the time were just showing off the gyroscope and, like, the technology behind it. You had, it was just beer. That was it. And then you tilt it, and it's like you're drinking yes. beer. That was hot shit. They had one that was a gun. You know, you move it like that, it makes a gun sound. Oh, man. I forgot about all these, man. It was, yeah. And it's, it's like, so now simple. look at us. Now we got swipe for sex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what we always wanted. That's yeah. what we were always building towards. We went from drinking virtual beer to swiping for virtual tang. That's, that's, that's the correct progression that we need in yeah. this country. You're doing right, America. <laughs> America, La America. Uh, What's your least favorite? My least favorite is uh, Crawling Kingsnake. Mine too. Wow, hey, synergy. It was like the most forgettable of all the songs. Yep. I was listening to it. I was just like, this is just going on. This is going on and on and on. And on and on and on. This works because my... Uh, we can sync segments here. We can combine segments. Combining segments with Gabe and Colin. Combining segments with Gabe and Colin. Pause. Yes, <laughs> that is a pause. Uh, because the title track is my number one. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we're supposed to rate this, right? Yes. So you have it as your number one. Let's First, let's dive into a review of the song. Why is it your number one? It's my number one because, as I was talking about, you were, like, afraid of me and this song. I thought you would hate it. Yes, I thought you would hate it because it was long, Mm -hmm. but the thing I like about this song is it does progress a lot. So it's not a long one song. It's almost like three songs in one, kind of. There's so many many pockets that this song goes in. Can you play it now for me, please? Yeah. It's... Like, it's it's uh, my my thing with long songs is there has to be progression or if it's going to be seven minutes of like uh, hardness, it needs to be or like six or seven minutes. If it's going to it has to be hard. It has to be good. Like 
uh, Soul Paul. The beat doesn't change, but every verse on Soul Paul works for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's why I like it. This works because this this should be in this. I don't know if it is or not. This should be this should be in a Tarantino movie. I feel like this is a Tarantino movie. Yes, like that's why, like, that's why it it's reminds like me. it's like the perfect length with progression where it's kind of its own thing. Like yes. this could just be a movie. Yes. Yeah. I love. It starts so earnestly, and the it's like starts off like getting ready, and then high, and then down. It's got it's like you said, it is its own movie. Like the best long songs tell their own story in different ways. Yeah, and it you it has to keep you engaged for that. It has to have a reason to exist for this long time, and it did. It feels. I don't know. I feel like I could base a whole screenplay on this song, actually. Yeah. That's why I like it so much. So it you, feels like a summertime it's summertime goodness to me, honestly. And then, like, the kind of the melancholy of uh, the ending of it. This makes me think of, like, a motorcycle gang, you know? You I know, can see that, Like, too. when we were talking about Primus in the Primus episode, you kept saying it reminded you of Mad Max mm-hmm. and, like... Uh, heavy metal, the movie Heavy Metal. Yes. This reminds me of just like cruising on a fucking Harley. Yeah. You know. I can hear that. Yeah. I do. I do hear that. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with biker gangs. They're. Easy. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> actually, some of them are actually pretty nice people. They help out the community a lot. But. Uh, depending on the gang. And Sons of Anarchy is a pretty good show, from what I've seen of it. I still haven't seen it. I've heard I should watch it. It's that and The Wire that I need to watch. Yeah. I haven't watched all Sons of Anarchy, but like I watched a good bit of it with my friend Matt. I enjoyed it. It's a good yeah. show. Very strong, crazy shit happens in it. But you know how much I love The Fucking Wire. That's my favorite show of all yeah. time. Great show. But yeah, I love this song, man. It's, it's very easy to listen to. Seven minutes. I usually don't. But this is a very easy seven minutes. Honestly, I feel like it go. I feel like it go two more minutes. I could take two more minutes of the song. Yeah, that's that's as big as compliment as I can give a song. I wish it was a little bit longer. It is seven minutes. Mm-hmm. It works really well, and it's like a great centerpiece of the album. Like it's right in the middle. You know, there's yeah. good stuff at the beginning of this album, and there's some decent songs at the end. But this is like the highlight of the album. This is this is what. That's why they named the album "L.A. Woman." It makes sense. We usually are trying to figure out why do you name this album this, and then the you know keep the song like this. This is one of the times I would say probably one of the strongest times it's made the most sense, along with the Tupac, um, "Teenage Dream" too. Fucking, we gotta get past Katy Perry, dude. <laughs> we but can't does, mention her in every episode. It, but it does. It makes sense. I know, yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, this is my number one song. This is my favorite song on the album. I will probably revisit this song quite a bit. Honestly, if I make enough money um, to make a big feature film, I'm gonna figure out a way to put this song in it. <laughs> I really enjoy this song. I give this song like a perfect ten. Actually, wow, and it helped the score of this album. This song was not on this album. I we wouldn't even be doing it on the podcast. I can, <laughs> uh, this was on your list, right? On my top five, this no, this this album, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, <laughs> yeah, that's you, you didn't choose the doors <laughs> know, after I not I, listening. I, I, to them. I just wanted to clarify for the, the <laughs> audience and for myself, just to, yeah, I don't know. I think they got it. I think once they heard you say. 
You know, I thought I'd never listen to The Doors. <laughs> I think that gave it away you didn't choose this album. But, you know, you you never know. Sometimes people will tune out and then come back and listen. You That's know. true. Sometimes I do that while I'm editing, and I'm like, oh, shit, I should have been cutting shit out. Yeah. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you get used to listening to a podcast. It's the beauty and the uh, drawbacks of podcasting. It's a gift so, and a curse. Yeah, sometimes I'm just expecting you to text me like, yo, why did you leave this in there? <laughs> or this sounds like shit. Are you okay? No, uh, like that'd be weird if I knew. Yeah, I, I wish I had that kind of power. Yeah, well, because be sometimes I'll say, "Oh, I'll cut that out," and then I cut a big chunk of it out ahead of time, and then I cut out where I say, "Oh, I'll cut that out." <laughs> so I'm just waiting for the day we're listening, and you just keep hearing, oh, "I'll cut that out," and then it's just still in there. I don't think I've ever like heard, and I'm like, "Oh, you should have cut that." You usually do a real good job of cutting this, man. I feel like. I know what we're going for. And it helps that we kind of stick to it. The yeah. Primus one, I had to do barely any cuts. That was a really, it was a good episode, man. Yeah. I was very happy about it. Honestly, I feel like I, sh- I oh, damn, I feel bad now because I put Riders um, in the Storm in the Corridor of Greatness. But I think LA, LA Woman should go in there, too. We could do a duo. Yeah. Do you agree? Both. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Both of them go in there. Yeah. All right. But yeah, LA Woman... The song is my number one. Uh, what's yours? Give me your, give me your, give me your stuff. My top five. Well, my honorable mention was Lamerica. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Let's hear yeah. how yours. That's that's a good start. Well, I mean, you well, already and Lamerica almost didn't make the cut for me. So yeah. So uh, well, for my grade of L.A. Woman, I give it a nine. No, okay. We'll we'll just stay on that track. Um. Then four, it's one you didn't like, but I really liked it. I like the bluesy songs. Cars Hiss By My Window. I thought that song was all right. It's not horrible, but it did bore me. Yeah, I just, I like blues. So if an album has a bluesy song, I'll probably like it unless it's like real trash. Kind of like Crawling King Snake, my least favorite. Yeah. It's a little bluesy, but it was also kind of just bad. Yeah. What's yeah. what you skip? What's your number five? Oh yeah, no, I was just keeping going. Uh, oh, you're right. I didn't say number five. Duh. Been down so long. You know, I have to give a nod to that song. Yeah. Because I did know Drake took from that. Oh. On Fake Love, he has the line, "I've been down so long, it looks like up to me. They look up to me." I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my face. That's enough, Drake, for now. But yeah, Drake <laughs> took from the doors. Yeah. Which is pretty great because I've stolen from Weezer before. So. I don't, it's not taking, it's sampling. It's, it's inter, in, interloping. Interloping, that's the yes, word. Yes, that's the proper I've term. always I've always remembered that there's like a specific term for it, and that's what it is. But, and and I, I use that word uh, liberally sometimes and sometimes strong. But I'm like, yeah, I stole from them. I'm like, I know I'm not actually stealing, but it's okay. like, yeah, just, just okay. Well, we know how you like to get sometimes, yes. and you just accuse everyone of everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very paranoid. Sitting there in the car, like, oh, that motherfucker at the bus stop. I bet you he's having. He's just. He wants to start shit. It's like, Gabe, he's smiling. What? Why what? is Why is he having? No, I'm just. You didn't actually do this. I was say, because that sounds like something I would I know, right? Say. That was pretty good, huh? <laughs> like, because so, sometimes niggas just have a look. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've just been around the way, man. I just, I, I, I've been around the block, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm just trying to, just trying to be me, like Lil' Kim. 
What's your number three? Number three, Riders on the Storm. Eee. I always play it when it's rainy. It's a good oh, rainy man. driving music. Oh, that's yeah. perfect, man. Yeah. It's a little too on the nose, but hey. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's good to be on the nose. Pause. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. it's okay to fit. Certain songs are made for certain situations, and it's okay to play them during those situations. Thank you. I did need that affirmation. Like... If you were like, yeah, you know, some I just felt like driving at night and I listened to Pyramids. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Pyramids is made for nighttime driving. Yeah. All right, uh, number two. Number two, L.A. Woman. Oh, I'm very interested in hearing what your number one is. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think you'll like it. It's The Wasp. Really? No, it's not. It's Love Her Madly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was one of the first Door songs I heard. And I just really like it. I like lovey type shit. You I know? can see it like that being your first door song and then being like your favorite favorite. Like if, yeah. I, had, if I had been introduced to them with that song, I probably would have like a because it's a very fun song. Yeah. It's and it, very. And it's like uh, like you felt that feeling before, you know? Yeah. yeah. When he's like, don't you love her? She's walking out the door. It's like, yeah. Just the that's, simple things. That's like when you're in that honeymoon phase before Ugh. you realize they're a fucking wretched oh, bitch. Oh, my God. I love the honeymoon phase. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's so always the best. Good, the honeymoon. Man. Love her madly perfectly describes the honeymoon phase. You know what? Th- this song, That song does describe the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Cakes love you madly is like the fucking fiending phase. Mm. And like that's why I like that song more because... I love I feed I feed more than I've been in the honeymoon phase. But love her Madly's your number one. Yeah, it was my number four, so I enjoyed it as well. I'm happy you I'm happy you put this on your uh, block because I I wanted to finally do this do this classic album classic rock album. I gave this album a seven point seven five. Really? Yes. That feels very low. I mean, it's your opinion. I'm just saying, like, I felt like you would have given it at least an eight. I I can't give it an eight. That's I fair. Like I like we did uh, the Nicki Minaj. This is the opposite of the Nicki Minaj thing, where um, I couldn't give that a seven point seven five in good conscience, just based off how much that period impacted me and how much now, in retrospective, Nicki Minaj's legacy means so much more. Yeah, and, and I think I couldn't give this an eight because the songs that bored me really, really bored me. It, I feel like even though I really enjoyed a lot of the songs, the songs that bored me really like made it hard to get through the album and to enjoy those songs. Every time I was loving the album, it took two steps back. It was like two steps forward, two steps back. Two steps forward, two steps back. Like I, this album almost didn't let me give it a great rating and it was really only for the how much i enjoyed la woman how much like i felt like it was a great centerpiece and just a great legendary song that gave me you know the ability to give it a a decent enough rating so yeah and there's just something about sevens to me that feel i feel like that's where you start to teeter on the uh, it's almost bad yeah so it's i mean i that's something i I gotta get if i if i give something a six i don't i I might that might mean I hate it. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like going back, I gave Katy Perry a five for Teenage Dream. Yeah, that sounds like it's the worst album ever. But like you could have there's given a still four, lower, three, yeah. yeah. But like five, just like 
I, I'm still stuck in that school mindset. 50% is five. That's an F. Yeah. Because if we're one out of 10, a five is a 50. So it's like it has to be such a shitty album to go below a five that I don't think, I hope, hopefully we don't listen to one of those. I mean, we cut one because it was going to be that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I want to do that. You want to do I it? I want to do a shitty album. All right. At some point, at some point, we got to do a shitty album. Yeah. We can't keep having like sevens and eights and four, like fives and six. That's and fair. We need to have something that's just like an absolute train wreck at some point. Maybe not immediately, but at some point. We got time. We do. We're going to do this until we die. Hopefully. Or run out of albums. Probably um, die first. I'm killing myself. Die. We'll be right back. What? <laughs> what's, uh, what's your score? Uh, I give it an eight two five. Eight two five. Okay. Yeah, that's. A, I feel like. I we mean, both, we're close in yeah, score. Yeah, I feel like these are fair scores. Yeah, I just, I gotta get out of that mindset of seventies and C's because I look at a C, I'm just like. Uh, I think this album is a C plus. I would give it a B minus. Uh, next episode is a special, special episode. Michael Jackson, off the wall. Next week, next episode gonna have uh, a special guest explain why it's important to me um i'm excited i love i'm just gonna say it already i love this record i love uh michael jackson so i'm excited to talk about uh, a disco album with you colin we've never tackled disco on that note have a good day (laughs) (laughs) have a good life okay we're done now have a good one goodbye people Bye. Adios, amigos.